Well, good morning, Restoration Church. Happy New Year. Excited to be here together. And if I haven't met you before, my name is Nate. I'm the lead pastor of Restoration Church. And before we jump into week one of our sermon series, Deeper, I want to share with you an update on Kingdom Builders and our total missions giving for, from last year for 2021. So this, these numbers could change a little bit when we get you your annual report at the end of the month. They could be a little bit different than what we're doing because if someone gave on New Year's Eve, um, it is probably not in the total that I'm giving you right now. But our goal was $150,000 for Kingdom Builders. So our total for the year was $154,276.94, which is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And it wasn't like one person gave $150,000 and the rest of the church gave $4,000. It was everybody doing their part, um, everybody participating that got us to that amount, which is, which is amazing. Now, this is just the adult Kingdom Builders total. If you put in our teenagers Kingdom Builders giving, our kids Kingdom Builders giving, and you put in our 10% missions fund toward that. When you tithe, the church tithes. So every, uh, every 10% you give, we take 10% of that and put it into an additional missions fund. So if you take our Kingdom Builders for the adults, the kids and teenagers, and that 10% missions fund, our total missions giving for 2021 was $239,357.67. That is an enormous amount of money, um, and that is amazing. I wanna thank you for tithing, thank you for being kingdom builders, thank you for uh, being obedient to what God speaks to you and what he has you to give. And I'll just begin to, I'll challenge you right from the get-go right now, begin to pray about 2022, this year. God, what do you want, what do you want me, what do you want our family to do? What do you want us to go after? And at the end of the month, um, on Vision Sunday, we will be, uh, we'll, we'll be receiving your goals. And it'll give us an idea of where we, are, where, where we are as a church. I'll lay out to you what our Kingdom Builders goal will be for, um, for 2022. And, and so just begin to pray about that this month. God is gonna ask probably the majority of us to give more than we ever have before. Uh, but he's in charge of that. He's the one giving out the assignments, all right? So you just talk to him about it and ask him what he wants you to do. I just want to stop for a second when you put those numbers back up because in giving you the details, I want to stop and just say, wow, thank you, God. We pray with me, Jesus, we thank you. Um, to even go back like two years ago, this would have seemed like an impossible number for us. And, but yet you've, but yet you've done it. You've done it through us. And we wanna thank you for that, God, because you've met all of our needs while allowing us 
to give toward your needs and your, your kingdom needs here in our church in New Hampshire and around the entire world. Thank you, Jesus, for letting us be a part of your kingdom. Let us be a part of building your kingdom. Let us, letting us be a part of all these miracles. And we just pray, man, I just pray, speak to me, speak to my family, speak to everybody in the church, and we would listen to what you're directing us to do in 2022, and God, allow us, allow us to even go deeper in our, in our giving, and deeper in experiencing you and your miracles through us, and we pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. All right, um, let's jump into this series. Uh, one of my personal hobbies, I don't do it every year, but but um, you know, maybe every other year, because it is tends to turning into work. But uh, but I like I like having a vegetable garden, just pretty much because I like tomatoes. It's probably one of my favorite foods, and one of the things is I try to get better at that. And you know, I want them to reap a good harvest because I've had years where I put in a lot of work and then like they all turn black and die. And one of my problems is watering those plants. And there's a thing you can read about that, that you know, not just in your, in your tomatoes, but like your cucumbers, et cetera, that, uh, you know, that you're taught to water them deeply. And so watering them every day is a good thing, but the most important thing is that you get the water deep within the soil, because if you can do that, the plants will grow deeper roots. And if you water them every day, but you don't water them deeply, what will happen is they'll grow and they will produce, they will produce fruit and vegetables. But if you forget, as I tend to do, if you go on vacation, as I tend to do, then if you end up in a heat wave, then the plants suffer through that heat wave and they don't they don't usually recover. I mean, it can take them three or four weeks to recover, and if it's near the end of the season, I mean, what a waste of money and time, which is why I only do this every other year. Um, but what happens and what you wanna do is get those roots down deep in the soil, so if there's a drought that happens, if you forget, if you are traveling, that the, your plants will survive through that, and for you and for us as Restoration Church, we're starting off this series and, and deeper is a word for our church for this year because I want your roots to go deeper. I want our, our church's roots to go deeper that we would survive any drought or any problem or any persecution that could happen in the future. Now, it, excitedly for us this morning, Jesus taught about this, and he talked about this. And so we wanna look at his teaching and, and read through one of his parables, and then we'll begin to talk through what that means and how that applies to us. So if you've got your Bibles, could you please open up to Mark chapter four? And I will give you a big challenge this year. Um, if you wanna get more out of our conversations together, there's a couple ways you can do that. Bring your Bible and a notebook, and Begin to, begin to write notes. I was not much of a note taker in college, but, but I tried to, or you know, high school was even worse, but um, 
But every sermon that I'm at, I try to take notes. One, mentally it helps you stay engaged. And I'm a person that's a daydreamer. And so if the, the, if the pastor says something about tomato gardens, I'm all the way off at Wentworth Greenhouse or, or, or what rototiller I'm gonna buy. Like I'm way off on a journey and then I come back and I realize he's closing for prayer and I don't know what happened. Taking notes helps me to stay engaged. Also, it helps me to go back. I can, I can open up notebooks from five, 10 years ago. I can open up notebooks from sermons and, and I was at in college and I go right back to that moment that God spoke to me because I wrote it down. I go right back, oh yes, God, I remember when you told me that. And it allows, it allows him in his words speaking to me to go, to go even further. So this is in Mark chapter four, and this is Jesus sharing a parable, which is a fictional story, but has a true spiritual meaning. So it says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed spouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And so this is, a, this is something that he's even praying over us right now, that we would have ears to hear what he wants to teach us through his word, through the story. That we would have ears, not just to listen, but to receive his word, his written word into our hearts, that it would change us, that it would produce something within us, and prayerfully that we would go deeper in him and in our relationship with him. Now in this parable, he didn't do this with every parable, but this is one of the, the ones where we have him going to his disciples afterward and giving them the meaning of the parable. So some he didn't, but this one he did. And he's, he was talking about that the, the farmer is the person who's bringing the good news of Jesus to other people. And that seed is the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And he talks through the different things that happen as Farmers, you and I, people who follow Jesus, as we bring the good news of Jesus to other people who don't know him. And some of you have probably experienced this. You, you share about Jesus and they just don't care. They're not angry at you about it. They don't spit on you. They don't beat you up. But they're just like, thanks. And they move on with their life and, they, and they're never open to it. Well, that's talked about in here. I don't want to talk about all of those. I want to focus on one of the paths, one of the places where the seed fell, and it shows up in two verses. One that I just read, um, which is in verse number five. So it says, other seed. It says, froze on me. One other, other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. Verse number six, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. This is what 
we just, this is what I just talked about with my vegetable garden. It didn't have deep roots, so when the hot sun came, it died. What does this mean? Jesus explained this in verse number 16. So scroll down, roll down to that, those verses, and I'll show you that. So Jesus is exp- explaining this. He says, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. They hear about Jesus, and they're excited, and they receive the message of Jesus. They receive the good news. Verse number 17, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. They don't last long. What does that mean? What is he talking about here? And this, uh, this could be you. Prayerfully, it won't be. This could be one of your friends. We're gonna pray for them to come back. But likely you've experienced or you know people who have, um, who, who this has happened. I certainly, as a pastor, and I've, you, you know, uh, it must be 20 years of ministry now for me, 20 years of serving in a pastoral role where People hear about Jesus, cry at the altar, receive him, confess him, begin reading their Bibles, and then whether it's a few months later or a couple years later, gone, disappeared. Hey, camera guy, I can hear your phone. The, um, the, so there are people who are hearing the word and receiving it, But what happens is you begin to receive the good news of Jesus, but there's some complications in actually following Jesus. Some of the teachings of Jesus are are very difficult. Some of the teachings, some of the things that Jesus calls us, the new life he calls us into living, are difficult things for us to follow. I'll give you a couple examples. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 24 says, then Jesus said to his followers, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Okay, maybe he didn't mean that about me and my life. Take up your cross, isn't that an instrument of execution? Why would I carry that around with me? And follow me. Give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Can we just go back to just worshiping? I like that. Well. Yeah, then you read verse Luke chapter 21, verse number 17. And Jesus says this, and everyone will hate you because you are my followers. And what happens is people with shallow roots just ignore those verses. And they begin to craft Jesus and following Jesus into an ideal that works for them. These verses are easy for us to ignore because we live in the United States. Everyone will hate you because you're my follower. I have a solution. I won't tell anybody that I follow Jesus. (laughs) So no one hates me now. You must give up your own way. Well, certainly he only means the bad things in my life He doesn't want me to give up these things that make me happy, so that doesn't apply to me as well. 
And we try to ignore those things and you can ignore them and still be on this path of following Jesus, but you still won't last long because he says here in, you know, what we, they don't have deep roots. And deep roots will get you by for a while, but they won't get you through these other things that he talks about. He says in verse number 17, they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So one thing that persecution does is it reveals to you how deep your roots are. One thing that problems do is they reveal to you how deep your roots are. Are you truly a follower of Jesus? Or are you someone who've received his message with joy, but you've only kept it on a surface level? Why would people walk away from Jesus because they experience problems? And sometimes it's, it's like innocuous things. It's, my car broke down again. I hate Jesus, I'm walking away from him. You would think that's not, that's not true, but it is. It can be just surface level problems. I have a terrible boss. I've got a job, I've got health problems, I've got car problems, I have health problems, and Jesus isn't taking away those problems, so I'm bailing out on Jesus. He's not making my life all smooth sailing, so I'm not gonna continue to follow him. And we have a wrong theology of Jesus where we equate following Jesus as the Olympic sport curling. We have been moved into, this one I have to have go. We have to need this picture or it will not work. So um, this is us, we're this puck sailing through life and we are, we are assuming or requiring Jesus to be this. Take out, I mean this ice, the thing's gonna be, it's gonna slide along anyway but Jesus is gonna get every little imperfection, ice chip, problem, situation out of the way in front of us. And if not, if we have even the slightest bump, I'm out of here, I'm out of here. I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not going to circles anymore. I'm not serving anymore. I'm not giving anymore, I'm not praying anymore, I'm not worshiping anymore because of a, because of a problem, because of, because of a bump, because of a difficulty. What are things that you've probably seen people walk away Jesus from? Sometimes it's a problem of, of, of teaching, something he's taught, and we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. Sometimes it's a prayer that he didn't answer or maybe he didn't answer the way they wanted him to. If a, if a loved one passes away, well, he didn't, he didn't heal them, he didn't help them, he didn't keep them, I'm not gonna continue to follow him. Maybe it's a foreclosure, maybe it's a divorce, maybe it's a, a kid who's gone wayward and we abandoned, we've received his teaching with great joy, 
but we've abandoned him as soon as he stops sweeping out all of our problems in front of us. Second thing that he talks about why people don't last long, why they abandon him even after they've received him, it's for persecution, for believing the Bible believing the doctrine and the theology of God's word, believing that God speaks to you, believing that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And what happens is when they get challenged on that, you don't really believe that, do you? You're not, oh no, you're not one of them, are you? And all of a sudden, like, whoa, no, I'm not one of them. I'm different than them. Yeah, well, do you really believe this like they do? Uh, no, no, I don't believe that. No, I believe. And then what we always end up throwing in here is a statement, which is a true statement, but a scary statement out of context. I just believe God's love. And then all of a sudden now, because our roots aren't going deep, we end up abandoning Jesus. Remember, he said, if you're gonna be my follower, you must give up your way. It's our own sense of what right and wrong is. It's our own sense of what obedience is. It's our own sense of what his plan is for our life. It's following him. Following him through every bit of persecution we could possibly face. I will not abandon you, Lord. I will not deny you, Lord. I will not take your teaching and repackage it so that I can be accepted by more people. I want you, I want our church to grow deeper I want us to have deeper roots that will allow us to follow Jesus forever. I don't know how I started praying this for my boys, but I started praying this for them when we only had one or two. And I begin to pray, God, I pray that they will follow you every day for the rest of their life. That's my prayer for you. The, and to, the reason I picked out this soil and this seed is because these people genuinely received Jesus. They genuinely received it. Tears of joy, tears of gratitude, tears of relief. Oh, so great to know you and be forgiven by you and have relationship with you. But because of these problems, because of persecution, they get to the place where they reject the eternal because of the temporary. Persecution's temporary. Our problems are temporary, but we reject our eternal king and we hand back our eternal life because of temporary problems of today. God's will is for you, God's will it's for me, God's will is for our church to have deep roots. This is what he wants for you. Mark chapter four, verse number 20 says, 
And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who accept and hear God's word. They accepted and hear God's word just as the previous group did, but they continue to accept and believe it and follow it no matter what the problems are, no matter what persecution they faced. And it says they produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. When you follow Jesus through your problems, when you follow him through persecution, what is the natural byproduct? More people come to know Jesus. It happens as naturally as one seed in the ground makes a tomato plant, which produces tomatoes, which produces 100 times as many tomato seeds as existed before. Following Jesus through every problem, through every persecution, will allow you, when you have those deep roots in his word, deep roots in him, deep roots in our church, in our Christian community, you are able to withstand any drought, to withstand any spiritual drought or any problem or persecution. When I was a teenager and I was starting, excuse me, I'm gonna cough here for a second, there's no good place to move my microphone. Just as a FYI, I did get a COVID test before I preached today. Um, we, uh, we, we <laughs> when I was a teenager following Jesus, I began to follow Jesus. So I received, I, I gave my life to Jesus when I was five or six years old, and I meant it. Jesus, you have my life, I follow you, I meant it. I was 14 years old the first time I experienced the presence of God in my life, and that, and that changed me. Uh, probably primary reason I'm a pastor today is because it had such an effect on my life. Well, that first time I came to the front and was prayed for and felt the presence of God, for probably the next six months, every time I went to church, I would come up for prayer, and I would experience the same thing. The wonderful, beautiful, life-giving, peace-giving presence of God as he worked deep within me to clean things out, to bring healing to me, to speak life into me, and it was amazing. Uh, it was amazing. May, you know, for probably about six months, every time I come to the altar, the presence of God would touch me. I would be crying um, and never like depressed, dec- never depressed tears, but just joyful tears as God just ministered to me. Probably about six months, I began to realize that that wasn't happening as often, and then maybe a couple weeks after, I realized it wasn't happening at all. I'd come to the front, I'd pray, I'd go back to my seat. I'd come to the front, a different service, I'd pray, I'd go back to my seat, and I began to think like, oh, maybe God doesn't want me anymore. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe God's not close to me. And I begin to almost feel pressure. I, if, I, if it's not emotional, it, then maybe it's not right. But what I, begin to, what I begin to learn through some Christian leaders in my life and through reading God's word, he was deliberately trying to get my roots to go deeper. He didn't want me to just follow him because he made me feel good. He wanted me to follow him because he was Lord God, and he was trying to get me to follow him even if he wasn't blessing me, and this, and this is the same path 
he's gonna try to get you on. He wants to water deeply, to get your roots to grow down where you withstand drought and where you're following him, not because of what he will do for you, but because of what he has done for you on the cross. And that is all that you need him to do in order to continue to follow him through the rest of today. So here's what we're doing. We're praying for God this month for you to grow deeper roots. We're teaching on it this year. We're deliberate about it. Hopefully at the end of this year, man, we have gone deep into his word, deep into his presence, and we'll continue to to follow him through the remainder of our days. And we're praying for our church to experience the promise that he said in verse number 20, that it will produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. We're praying for our church to have that 100 times harvest because we're people who have roots that go deep. Others come to know him through that. I guess some people are gonna hand out some cards to you. At every location, they're gonna begin to pass these out to you. So uh, we're gonna talk through this because I'm gonna challenge you to participate rather than just showing up to service. I want us to begin to practice and live a deeper life. And one of the ways that we're gonna do this this month is through prayer and fasting. And we're gonna talk through the different ways that you can participate, because even if you're pregnant, there's likely a way you can participate. Even if you have medical issues, there's likely a way you can participate. But I'm not a doctor, so connect with your doctor about it. But, but different ways that we can all do this together. So if you look at ways to fast, what we wanna do is think between now and January 30th, all right? Between now and January 30th, that we're participating in a fast through those 28 days. And there's a bunch of different ways that you can do that. That can be a complete fast, even that you do uh, one day a week, 24 hour cycle, one day a week, that you do that. So every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Sunday, whatever that works for you, and you're doing a complete fast. And this could be a three-day fast that you do at some point in this month. It could be a seven-day fast that you do one day through this month. Um, and if God's calling you to do a 28-day fast and you're able to do that, um, you set that, then, then you go for that. But I would likely, if you've never done a three-day fast, don't start with a 28-day fast. If you've never done a seven-day fast, don't do a 28-day fast. To do anything beyond a three-day fast, you really have to clear your schedule. All right, so if you've got a demanding job, you, you likely won't be able to participate that way, and that's fine. Uh, you can participate, you can do a three-day fast at some point in the month, and, and I would encourage you, if you've never done a 24-hour fast, to do it. If you've never done a three-day fast, to begin, to, is there a three-day window that you can block out to do that? Challenge yourself that way. The second is a selective fast. And the easiest one is to take out meats and sweets from your diet. And so over the next 28 days, it's vegetables primarily. It's just, just vegetables and, and grains and eating that way. Um, and if that's how you normally live, pick a different way. But for, for many of you, 
that will be a challenge for you. There'll be, it changes, you have to be deliberate in how you shop, in, in, in every meal, um, you, you know, in every function that you go to. So to think through that way, and the last is a partial fast. And this is just um, usually sunrise to sunset fast. So you have dinner every day, it gets dark at 4.30 p.m. So before you get home from work, um, but every day over these next 28 days, uh, breakfast, lunch, and snacks during daylight hours, you're not participating that way. So this might be a way too, depending on what your job is, uh, that you're able to still participate in this. I want you today to figure out which of these areas you're gonna participate in and for us to fast and pray individually for deeper roots, corporately for that hundred time harvest. That our church and as individuals of our church, we will grow deeper. The backside of this, um, sometimes people will say I'm fasting social media. Um, I get what you're saying, but that's not what you're doing. Fasting is food. It is food, it's not anything else. Um, so if you say, yeah, I'm gonna keep eating cheeseburgers, but I'm gonna fast social media, <laughs> you're not fasting, and you got a cheeseburger addiction. But we are challenging you. Every week, we want to abstain from something different. Again, this is just forcing us to change our, 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 just our habits and to change the ways that we zone out. So starting today, I would encourage you to, uh, let's just take from now till next Sunday to abstain from social media. So whether that's phone or laptop, abstain from it completely. Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, etc. unplugged completely. But what about my LinkedIn? I mean, you probably haven't been on it in a month anyway, so you're, you're good. Uh, the next week, week two, um, to use our devices. So we're, we're, we're gonna abstain from devices. So our phone will only be used as a phone. So if you've gotta delete a bunch of apps for that week to do it, if you're using social media, you're using it only from your, from your laptop or your desktop. Um, so we get caught up in using our phone. Week number three, entertainment, TV, YouTube, streaming services, video games. And amazing what will happen in that week three, uh, you free up 4.7 hours of your day. So you're like, what will, I, what will I do? Well, you know, if you read the Bible for two hours a day, you would read the entire Bible in this month. So if you read it, anyway, so that's what you're doing on that week three. Week four, it's substances. Caffeine, alcohol, nicotine, vapes. Um, if you're, you know, maybe Vicks Vaporub, I don't know, not sure. But we're, we're abstaining from all those things. For some of you, this will be a, a week where, you, where you're freed from an addiction, all right? But we're all gonna do that um, and uh, participate that. And then on week five on Vision Sunday, we're gonna end our fast with a feast. And so at every location, when service ends that day, um, I, I'm not, I don't remember what the menu is, uh, but we're gonna essentially have a cookout or have a meal together to end our fast together in, in the Bible. Every time there was a 
a time of fasting, it was followed by a time of feasting. Feasting is a very spiritual thing to do as well, so we don't wanna neglect that. So listen, this is what I'm asking. I'm challenging you to get some deeper roots. I'm challenging you to challenge yourself and to figure out, lay it out, put some reminders on your phone because the first thing that's gonna happen is you're gonna wake up tomorrow morning and you made a commitment from the sundown, sunrise to sunup fast. You're gonna wake up in the morning, finish off three breakfast sandwiches and say, oh man, I forgot. That's fine. Start at lunch, all right? But if you set a reminder in your phone, put uh, some notes on your fridge, do whatever you need to do in order to make that. And don't make anybody else in your family follow the same path that you're on. Michelle and I, my wife and I have very different metabolisms. We cannot do the same type of fast. One of us will die. Uh, (laughs) So that is what's happening. This is your challenge. Um, This is gonna be a challenging series for us. Next week, we'll talk about deeper walk. We're gonna talk about deeper community during this. We're gonna talk about deeper doctrine during this series. And then we've got Vision Sunday as we talk through deeper faith and, um, and believe in God for more. Will you stand to your feet, everybody at every location? Let me pray for you and then the bands will lead us out. And uh, Jesus, I just pray. There are some here in the room Who's, who've received you with joy, but the, but the roots aren't deep enough yet to withstand any of the problems or persecution that could show up in the future. Grow their roots deep. God, there are some who are hearing the word of God for the first time this morning. I do pray that they would receive it with joy. And what I pray for every single one of us that we won't just have shallow roots and a shallow faith in you, but that our roots will grow deep and that a harvest would be produced out of our life that will grow and expand your kingdom. We pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing.